Welcome back, Golden Globies. We thought we had a, our, our work cut out for us last week, and then we learned Kinjite is one fucking hell of a movie. But this week, hour and 12-minute episode, or movie. <laughs> Maybe episode. Maybe episode. Well, we need a, everyone needs a breather. I mean, we've been... Hitting it hard with the fucking long episodes. I'm lately. just, I'm, I'm. After I watched this movie a couple times and did the notes, guys, we're it. gonna turn chicken shit into chicken salad this week because this movie is. Uh, is this gonna be a rage war for you? This is gonna be a rage war for both that's, of that's us. That's a little inside joke because the alternate title for dun- the Dungeon Master is Rage yeah. War. Let's just say this movie. If you're is- listening to us in Europe, you know it is Rage War. In yeah. America, it was. The Dungeon Master. This movie's a bit threadbare, as they like to say. Uh, it's a full moon production, pre-full moon production, literally. Right. Charles Band, the founder of Full Moon Productions, this is his movie, and it felt like a full moon production. One thousand. Very cheap. The cheapness was on the screen. Yep. You, you saw it. You witnessed it. You felt it. Uh, they had one attraction to try to probably get people in the theater. Full nudity. Yeah. Full they showed blown. Bush. So yeah. So that I was like, how is this PG thirteen? You got one bush shot in there. But you know, when you show bush, you get an R for that. Tits, you can get away with a PG. Well, in the day, you could. I don't think today you could get away with the tits, even in PG 13. Right. Okay. Well, I think back in the day, you show bush, you got to give it an R. You got to yeah. earn that kid. Man, I was watching one of your favorite movies, uh, one of Mike's favorite movies, Monster Squad. Yeah, I've this never week. seen that movie. Oh, you've never seen it? No, I, I oh, never okay. will. Uh, it opens up with a kid calling. No, maybe because we were talking about letting Mike curate next October, maybe for our Halloween episode. Do Monster Squad. a present Squad? to Mike. Yeah. I will do Monster Squad. With it's you. a fun movie. But yeah. right in the opening 10 minutes, you get two F slurs. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. In the 80s, I, yeah. It was... I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And you get guys perving on girls, taking pictures of them without their consent. God. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was like, looking this... at them the wrong well, way. Here's the thing. I was like, is this a kids' movie? Because yes, it's... kids for fucking kids love that kind of shit. They did. I would have loved it. It feels like you're getting away with something, right? Kids need that shit. But they had. I feel like they had characters go, "Ew, girls!" But then at the same time, you have characters perving the fuck out on girls. The little kids were, or were their teenagers doing? There that? was a teenager. Yeah, okay. and he smokes the whole time too. But that's to let you know he's a bad boy. He smokes right. and he pervs. Well, it's the '80s, and he's dressed like he's a greaser. Bro, so that's everything is telling you. This kid is fucking cool. This kid fucks. Plays by his own rules. Uh, so anyways, this movie, Dungeon Master. Here we are, Full Moon Production. Oh uh, yeah, Rich. Uh, we're doing this for Richard Mall, even like barely in this movie. Uh, he was. Everyone knows him more mostly as uh, Bull from Night Court. I think, but. Uh, in the early 80s, he had a run of playing villains in low budget. He was in another uh, Charles Band production. Uh, it was on that 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 uh, 80s uh, 3D uh, a fad that was happening. Every 30 years, we have a, everyone's obsessed with 3D. Yeah. It was called Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. He played like a Cyclops character in it. And the hero, Paul, was also the hero in Metal <laughs> Storm. One. As well, and then what, what was another movie that uh, I think? Hopefully, Richard, he put on a better. Richard Mall always played monsters because he was a tall, like creepy looking guy. Yeah, he is tall and creepy looking in yeah. this movie. I yeah. give him that. He's got a presence. I, he's got hair. We, you know, if you know him from Night Court, you're like he could grow hair. Yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah he could definitely grow hair with the mane. 
Um, now, last week I I set us out on a challenge. It was like maybe maybe three weeks in a row we'll have a reenactment. There's barely any dialogue in this movie. There's barely any sound in this movie. Yeah, there's just there's two scenes. scenes that have no sound. They, well, it has music, right? But it has no dialogue. Like, but they're talking, but we can't hear it. We right. don't know if that's an artistic choice, right, or a budgetary non-choice. Speaking of artistic choices, this movie is broken down into several scenarios, several challenges, challenges. Each scenario challenge is written and I think directed. Yes. By a different team. Yes, that's the uh, gimmick of this movie. Right. It's, um, so you're thinking each it's one an is... an anthology, if you will. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, everyone's bringing their fucking their, A game. Yeah. No. no. Barely Every- written scenarios. Because the whole point is supposed to be like science versus magic. Paul, our hero, is a nerd. He's going to use his mind to... to, 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 to these devilish tricks that m- m- what's his name Modesto, <laughs> Modesto, Mephisto, Quasimodo, his Bastima's like evil like plots. He's gonna outthink it. No, he's just gonna shoot a laser at you every, every single time. Every single time. There's no creative. Like they were clearly every one of them is obviously an OG Star Trek fan. Loves just the combat scenes. They're like all the cool intellectual loves stuff. caves too. Yeah, a lot of caves. A lot of cave spelunking. Yeah. Ice caves, rock caves, Nick caves. caves. Nick Cave all. was there. He's doing uh that song Cave In. Or <laughs> is that the song? It might be Avalanche. Avalanche is probably the name of the song. But what the fuck are these people? How did eight different individual teams phone it in? <laughs> Like, how? How did one of them not stumble upon, like, any kind of interesting idea? Yeah, you would think somebody would have the creativity to, like, even with the low budget they have, to pull something out of their ass. Yeah. Oh. And we're we're a fan of movies that try and maybe miss or something. I don't know. Did they try? Who would like this movie? Who out there can look at this movie and be like, hey. That's a pretty good little scene there or something. Well, it was obviously made to cash in on the whole D&D craze of the early 80s. That's why, hence, it's called Dungeon Master, even though there's no dungeons or masters. Yeah. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, and the thing, you know, after, like, uh, Conan came out, probably the only good fantasy movie that came out in the 80s. We had a lot, much like Road Warrior, we got a lot of shitty uh, um, ripoffs. Yeah, and this is one of them. This movie actually ha- does have a shitty Road Warrior uh, ripoff yeah, scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. rough. There's a lot of little, I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice, Griff. I'm gonna say there are a lot of little people in this movie, <laughs> and that bugged me. Yeah, yeah. Did, I think they didn't mention this movie. We can't even say that anymore. No, we can't. Yeah. I was watching something recently, and Midget came out. I was like, every time I just think of you, I associate the word <laughs> Midget now with you. <laughs> It's like if I see one in a movie, I'm like, hey, Murray. It's not a slur. It's a technical term for a little person. <laughs> you know what I was watching? I, that- I still can't tell which is which. Hey, speaking of, <laughs> we're going to just we're going to drag this out because there's not a lot to talk about with this movie. Yeah. I finally got around to I know. I'm like Johnny come lately. <clears throat> I, I watched the Night Stalker, Kolchak, the Night Stalker okay. and the Night Strangler TV movies yeah. before the TV show. Oh, uh, because they were on like 
and this is one thing I love about October is it's like horror movies all month long on TV. Mm-hmm. So I can see all this, you know, shit I knew you meant to see. I have I've never heard of. It's it's fun. It's a smorgasbord of horror. I horror, miss smorgasbord. I miss and love what we get on TV right now, just over the antenna, because that yeah. that was probably over it an was, antenna it channel. Was, it was well, it was one of the digital channels, but it's like one of the yeah. network digital channels that you yeah. get free, which yeah. you can get over antenna. like Me TV, one of those. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, I gotta say, I like Night Strangler better than the Night Stalker. Night Stalker was a vampire story. Okay. Night Strangler, and they're basically the same story. But the Strangler was a guy who, yeah, it was the same story. He wasn't a vampire, but he took blood to live for uh, be immortal. <laughs> somehow he wasn't a vampire. Okay. But I, I don't know. I like because I think because the first one you're establishing who Kolchak is, and then you're on your you know on the second one you're just hitting uh, hitting running. Yeah. And so you know who Kolchak is. You know he's a fucking asshole who's like only concerned about getting his headlines out there. Right. You know? And they always get buried because they're too controversial, much <laughs> like our show. <laughs> so I enjoy Night Strangler better. Good they're both fun, though. Good thing we got Phil and his fans to help dig us out when we get buried because yeah. we, uh, we got that Phil bump, and then the next week's doing good, too. We got a listener. who I'm glad you brought that up. He contacted me just yesterday. Yeah. He DM'd me on, on the Twitter bot. Yeah. X, I'm sorry. And he said, hey, I don't give a shit. I enjoyed your fucking Vincent Price uh, episodes. Thank you. We enjoyed them, too, and more people should go enjoy them. You know what I watched this morning, though, since we're talking about Antenna TV? Watched a little murder she wrote. Oh, wow. Aubrey will be happy to hear that. I cannot get the idea that Aubrey put in our brains when we did the episode with her. Everybody go listen to that. Uh, where she said Jessica Fletcher is basically mind controlling everybody around her. It's like that, isn't that Dark City movie kind of like that? Like a, Dark like, City? Did, did I talk about it with you already? Yeah, you talked about okay, it. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what's going on. Yeah. Is there's a bunch of people that go in, they Many inject people. Many people said Dark City was inspired by Murder Shiro. Yeah, yeah. It's, the inspirations are clear. This, this is why you need to listen to us and not people who just go, it was pretty fucking cool or it was fucking lame. Yeah. You hear shit you never even think about. Did let be honest, people listening. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams, Jessica Fletcher was a otherworldly overlord to of use Cabot a, Cove? Is that where she's Cabot from? Cove? Yeah. To use the Star Trek term, she's one. She's Q. She's yeah. Every other every, every other Star Trek <laughs> episode, a godlike <laughs> being That's, that learns about humanity and how perfect humans are, and yeah. decides not to kill us, but right. likes to play games with us. Exactly. We we played out a few scenarios, I believe, in that episode. But there's all kinds. It explains of, why there's always a murder in Cabot called right. a small little hamlet in like oh, was it Massachusetts? Yeah, Maine. I so. it's, like a, it's on the East Coast, somewhere in the New England. But it's interesting because I, I don't remember. I learned about this. Through this show was uh, uh, our show, that is, bottle episode. So it takes place in a diner, a remote diner, and it gets too rainy, and somebody was murdered on a bus. So they, they are playing a game of Clue, basically. And everybody's willing, like, oh, so it has to be this guy. And Jessica leads them to it. And then Jessica goes, no, actually, it's not that guy. And there's the constant swerves. I was like, Jesus, Tony Khan's booking over here. Constance words. Fill out forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes, but very entertaining. Uh, I can't not watch that episode or any murder she wrote and not think of that. Albert I think you cracked theory. the case. I she think she yeah. is a godlike being. Just watch some murder she wrote and think about it from that aspect. Anytime she tells people, "Nope, actually, this is what happened." 
watch everybody react to it because they always go, you know what? You're right. You don't have evidence. You just told us a theory, but you're right. Without Murder, She Wrote, we would never have gotten Twin Peaks. David Lynch has said on many an occasion that he was inspired by Angela Lansbury, yes. Murder, She Wrote, yes. to make Twin Peaks. He right. said, I want to make it a little lighter, not as dark, and that's what he came up with Twin Peaks. That's why pilot episode uh, Audrey Horn has Jessica Fletcher's haircut. I don't remember that. Yeah, she You know, I, I, I got an idea. Mike, if you're listening, open your ears. I have an idea for a show. You, me, and Mike. Yes. Watch a Twin Peaks episode once a month. So that way we can make sure we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> once a month, we review a Twin Pe- in chronological order. Okay. Because you got me, OG Twin Peaks. I watched you when it originally aired and haven't seen it since. Okay. You got you, who's watched it recently, knows it the best of us. Yeah. And you got Mike, who's a virgin to Twin Peaks. You've yes. never seen it. We call it, we're going to call it Triple Peaks. Triple Peaks. P E E K S. And we're going to get three different viewpoints of it. I would love to do that. So, that Mike, would... if you're interested in that, let us know and that we'll make would... that happen. Yeah, that'd be so fun. I know he's been looking for an angle to watch it, too. So maybe that yeah. would get him there once right. a month. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah, that's, yeah cause we can't we can't do any more than that. Y- yeah, you know? we yeah. we get ourselves. Of course, we're going to forget everything that happened in the previous I was, episode. I was going to say that might but, be tough because yeah, yeah. But, but that's, I think that's the only way we can make it work for the, for the three of us. Right, once a month. It would be interesting, to and see we could stretch it out because that would take a few years to do. Right. Yeah, I I will have to say I not only have watched the show recently, I have a Twin Peaks tattoo, and I have both the books <laughs> that they have published. Yeah, so so kind of knows. I know a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. And I've read too many fan theories, and I sometimes would just great, great. So well, not only that would be great because then me and uh, Mike can come up with our theories, and you can debunk them or whatever. You know, I could just add what other people have said about. Yeah. Most of them are about season so three. I'm just though. putting it out there, Mike. If you're interested, could be fun. Another thing no one will listen to, but we'll have fun. Here's doing something it. no one will listen to or watch: this fucking movie. Why would you want to go? <laughs> Don't. I'm sorry. Who's a fan of this movie though? It's a hard one. It's a hard one to watch. And we're like I said at the top, we're going to make chicken shit into chicken salad because this is going to be an entertaining episode. But I don't know. an entertaining episode. I don't know how you watch this movie It wouldn't be my us. favorite, no. Yeah. Um, I don't, Can you think of a scene I'm, you liked outside the nude scene? Yeah, I was going to say that. But. <laughs> the dance scene, which is also charging sexuality. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, we know I love my flash dance look. But uh, no, no. For a minute, I kind of liked the slasher scenario. Yeah. Okay. With the newspaper clippings. And they showed the back of the head. And I was like, oh, my God, is that Stingray? I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. But you see, I was projecting. Yeah, were, I was yeah. projecting because I was like, this movie can't take another bad turn. That would turn. be our, our challenge. We would write and direct. We would have Stingray be a killer. Oh, my God. Uh, and, kill, and he would actually kill Paul. We could just send this idea out to some of our pod friends, and we would each come up with a better scenario for Paul. (laughs) First of all, we're renaming him. He's not Paul. Paul Benderbatch. What was his name? (laughs) Bernbacher, whatever. Bernbacher. (laughs) Whatever the fuck. Darius, Darius. We've already made this better. (laughs) What was that? The guy we were arguing about his name. It was Darius or Darius Bettelbecker or something like that. Yes, yes, it's right. And then we both looked at the credits, and his name wasn't. He was just his last name in the credits, not his first name. <laughs> there was one with Mike, I believe, because yeah, we. Yeah. 
That oh. was uh, Dr. Five Rives, Rises Again, which you really should fucking listen to. Oh. You really need to listen to Mask of the Red Death. That's really bombing. And that was the best movie we did. Well, yeah. Theater of the Blood and then that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Those were two fantastic episodes. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, hey, we so got to What sit- are we going to call Paul now? What's his <laughs> new name? Uh, well, let's see. He's blonde. We could call him Tarl. We could bring Tarl back. He was he had a lot of Tarl energy. For you people, this you got to be an OG fucking oh, fan to know what Tarl means. Tarl, the hero from the canon classic Gore, Gore, which is probably our tenth or eleventh movie we ever did. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's got some Tarl energy Hard coming bottom. off. Yeah, meaning wimpy. Uh, glasses, charismatic nerd, can't fuck, bland, gets pushed over by authority all the time in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Murray, Murray, you did think I was gonna really enjoy. But isn't this movie. that isn't that right though? What? Isn't it supposed to be he's a guy in real life is a loser, but in the computer world he rules. He's yeah. a dungeon master. You, you would will. think that's gonna be the angle. It's eighties. He's a computer nerd. He's got giant glasses, but. They do not project them that way at all from how I see it. But, I mean, we'll we'll get to that when we get there. Because okay. the opening scene is probably the most interesting ones. Yeah. Before he starts going into what should be the good scenes, the scenarios. Yeah, that you would think somebody who's just given, like, you have ten minutes. Give me your best shit. Yeah. Have a little riddle in there. Have a puzzle that he has to work through. You know, anything. <laughs> we'll get to- <laughs> Speaking of riddle, we'll get to that. There's a... Really obnoxious fucking scene where we're expecting him to use his brain. Where it's every fucking challenge, we're we're led to believe he's used his brain power, his scientific knowledge right. to get out of it. No, he just shoots a laser at shit. I don't even think we've really premised people on this, giving people the premise. It's no, you did say it. It's a machines versus the magic, devil. magic yeah. versus science. Be- but then again, isn't science just magic that we have figured out? We, you know, you could say so. Venture so, Brothers did this episode so much better. Oh, well, they do everything better. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot to cut. Co- well, there's not that much to cover, <laughs> but we'll take a long time to get there. Not much and at all. we'll, we'll somehow stretch it out. Yeah, yeah. So let's maybe get this under ninety minutes. We'll see. All right, everybody, strap yourself in. Get out your twenty-one sided die. Roll it, and watch this trailer for, or listen to this trailer for. The Dungeon Master. He is a warrior in a wasteland without mercy. It's a little guy. He has survived where countless others have died. Good shot, huh? He has destroyed all that would kill him. He is the only one who can face the challenges of the Dungeon Master. Discover the secret of the Statue of Stone. The ungodly demons of the dead. The trap of rat spit, the slime boy. The ordeal of the ice monsters of doom. My legs are frozen. I can't move my feet. 
the attack of the Samurai Sentinel. The treachery of the monster of good and evil. A warrior trapped in a timeless void, locked in mortal combat against the overlord to the agonies of strange beasts and lost souls. Prepare for the end. The Dungeon Master. Rated PG-13. Okay, I don't even know what we subjected you to with that trailer. It uh, told you everything you needed to know. Probably. I, I hope it's as formative as our last movie's trailer was, because you got everything in Kinchite's trailer. It almost stole the show from us. Got all the... Almost. Almost. Anyways, we're on a bed. All right, this I heard this scene was actually written by John DeHart. He yeah. wrote this scenario, and yeah. he just said, no, don't use my name. Yes. Take credit for what I came up with. Right. You can just have this one. This is a freebie. I'm working out some ideas. I want to see if this works right. on screen. Right, because he was obviously working on his masterpiece, Katevin. Yeah. What year did this come out? 84. 84, okay, yeah. Uh, he was still playing around with the ideas, you know, sexual frustration, sexual tensions. Can I? He 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 decided to challenge himself and put it in more futuristic sci-fi type of world. Because John DeHart, as we know, is a realist. He works in the real world, right? Not sci-fi. So right. he was he's tampering. 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 He's just playing. Experimenting. Experimenting. Okay. Tampering. Oh yeah, tampering <laughs> is more. Yeah. So, all right, so we open up with our hero, and I use that sarcastically, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Tarl Paul. Yeah. And he's lying on a bed, and he's got those, like, EKG, uh, EEG kind of stickers on his yeah. head. And one on, just one on his head. And does he have one on his dick or something like that? I don't know. <sighs> you, ever had, you ever had an EKG? No. I did. And I got a hairy chest. And, oh, they ripped them hair right out of my chest. They didn't. They didn't shave. Well, no, they're just testing it out. I mean, I mean, they had to do it multiple times. All right. Because they had heart surgery. They had to know that it was going to rip your hair. Yeah, off. it hurt. Oh. And so you think they'd be like, "Hey, we're going to shave this, get no, better, no, conductivity or whatever." Well, if I was, you know, like our man Joe Coleman, I would have been shaved already. So I guess they got to blame me. Yeah, I think that is on you. They probably saw you come in. Like, your... Yeah, I want to look like a man. That's yeah. right. If I want to look like Tom Selleck, I don't want to look like Tarl. Tarl. So he's got he's got that on, and a woman, a woman in red. I thought it was Kelly LeBrock from Woman in Red. Yeah. Very 80s. I liked it. She's standing in a doorway, fog everywhere. John DeHart gets it. He, he understands gets symbolism. This is easily the most attractive this woman looks in this movie. Is it Gwen? I, I thought it was supposed to be, but I can't tell. I don't know. Yeah. I Obviously, I they used a double for the full nude. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, did, I, can, I, I couldn't tell either. She looks very similar to Gwen. Yeah. So we'll say it's Gwen. I, I know it was a butt double, though. So she beckons to him, and he follows. And they're just going through. The, really, even the architecture of this movie was ugly. It was like just awful. I don't even know what this fucking place was. It looked ugly. It was very oh, concrete. Yeah. It was, I thought that was kind of interesting, but it's going to lead us to where I thought uh, inspired Paul's outfit later. 
It looks like a laser tag slash paintballs. Yeah, I could see that. BB gun arena because it's like it is all just concrete. Uh, it's ladders everywhere. There's just, yeah, there's staircases. just staircases. And yeah. I was like, is this a water treatment plant or something? Because it's it's just very well, weird. Well, all we, we've learned from doing all these movies, you want futuristic water treatment. Yes, we've done water treatments. <laughs> just Why? tubes, endless tubes. Why is it? Movies are able to shoot at water treatment plants back in the day so willy-nilly. Did we care that little about our drinking water? Yes, I'm, I'm assuming it was because of Reagan shut down, like, you know, EPA-type stuff. You're so right. They, had, they probably shut down half of our water treatment facilities. Right. You know, our loss, their gain. Don't worry. Of course, Reagan was in the movies and was like, guys, Hollywood's going to pick up the tab. They're going to go to the water treatment facilities and basically rent it out and... God, how many dead people there? Probably how much cocaine probably went in there on accident. All I got to say is Flint. So uh, he's following her down a corridor. She's beckoning, beckoning, billowing, billowing. Goes into a room, and this is probably the. I think this is the best part of the movie. She. This is great though, because it's not just she doesn't just go in a room. It's like a crack in the wall. Yeah, it's like there's like a piece of drywall, and they just cut like yeah. a crack. We're in a concrete there. factory or whatever. Is this symbolizing a vagina or something? I think like enter. Well, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. You're 100 percent correct. It's, about well, that. Remember, this is John DeHart. Yeah, he's an artist, right? And you could see behind there. There's a little red light coming in behind yeah. her, and she's crawling through that little crevice. And he's like, "Well, I gotta send it in. Me, that is." <laughs> yeah. So he sends himself in. He penetrates. Right, <laughs> and there she is, and uh, she strips naked. Yeah, just wearing a pair of high heels. Yeah, and she beckons some more. Right, goes this, through the. This other... is where she just like pops her clothes off, and the music just stops abruptly. Yeah, there's a lot of sound issues to this movie. A lot of sound issues. We're assuming that this is the um, the cutoff the, between this Rage is, War. Yeah, and... this is well. We are watching Rage War. We yeah. watched it on Mike's plaques and it said Rage War. Right, it did. So this is a European cut, I'm assuming. That's why it was so artistic. Like, people in America couldn't understand John DeHart in 84. Yeah. But Europe, they're a little ahead of us, you know. Yeah, so. there, there was probably a very, like, jarring dub over in some of those scenes where there was no dialogue, but we could see them talking. Yeah. Where it was clearly, like, somebody else they had in ADR later. Yes, I have seen the ice cave. That kind of shit. So she's like laying on a bed, nude. Nude. Tarl Paul comes in. He's like, hey, let's fuck. Can I pop my wiener out? Do I have your consent? Even in 84, Paul was. Yeah, this is where a nerd he is. <laughs> and he, he gets undressed and he's going in for it. And then there's like a, like a door you see on a submarine. It's a submarine door. Yeah, with like the wheel you got to turn to open the door. So are we dreaming right now? Clearly this is a dream. Is this a dream? Didn't you say Lynch was inspired by this movie? Who wasn't? Yeah. Because. Well, he that... was inspired. No, Lynch was inspired by uh, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, that's right. But, that's right. But I, he could have been. This is, this is a very lynchy scene. There's very dream logic going on. Exactly. Door opens. Monsters come out. This guy's with monster masks. Red light behind them. So are they in hell? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good Just question. as Tarl Paul is about to go in for the kiss, they fucking cock blocked his shit out of him. Yeah, the door opens, and he's not even bothered until they rip him off. And then he's like, well, what is going on, guys? And they, she beckoned me. <laughs> she consented. And they grab her and haul her off. And then he just wakes up. It was a dream, Griff. Paul uh, had a dream. 
So. Much like Martin Luther King. (laughs) Paul wakes up to his computer talking to him. Beep, beep, Yep. Spike Jones got the idea for that movie, Her, from this movie. I think everybody got the idea for artificial intelligence thanks to this movie. Siri is actually uh, Cal's full middle name. Does that work? No. Uh, the yeah, it's the, the computer's called Cal, short for Excalibrate with an eight at the end. Yeah, that's cool. That's a good license plate. And uh, she's like, does everything for him. Yeah, wakes him up because he was just snoozing. I, you know, he's just having a nice Monday early morning and forgot he had to go to work. She's like, I need a wet dream before I go to work. You know what? I was about to call him Tarl. Paul probably was in the middle of uh, having a serious wet dream. He his seminal fluids are probably back to inordinate. Inordinate. So he uses a Google Lens to track a, a mobo issue. <laughs> Some <laughs> nice shorthand here that Murray totally gets. Yeah, he gets called into work. It's a really big deal. It's a big. He job. works at the Geek Squad. Or that's <laughs> probably his job. <laughs> Well, Geek Squad is... Or does he work at the... What's the the one at Apple? What do they call theirs? Oh, uh, Wizards, I think. <laughs> no, I thought there was like a... Geniuses. I thought there was like an area, like the Geek Bar or something like that. Yeah, I think you're... I, no, I think you're right. I think yeah. they call it... But that's just that... Maybe I don't... I've never really been I to an Apple store. I don't own a turtleneck, because so I've never been allowed into an Apple <laughs> you store. Don't wear t- <laughs> you do have to wear a turtleneck to get your fucking computer repaired for yeah. $4,000. Yeah. Um, but... No, he gets called into a very important job, and we just see him at a client's office. This is, and this is if people are wondering what the fuck Griff does for a living. This is it. <laughs> sure, this is it. <laughs> and so we're looking at him, and they just put like they opened up a filing cabinet, and there's just computer board, you know, chips just hanging out on there. And there's a guy yelling at him, this is the most important computer in our whole business. It's it's sitting in the fucking kitchen with the coffee <laughs> burner on top of it. Most important computer in our whole fucking business. Whole company runs on it. And I was about to call him Tarl Carl. 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 So Paul's Paul's actually confused about what's going on, and then he ta- touches his giant glasses. Beep boop beep boop beep, and we see a green interface pop up, fucking uh, straight out of Fallout, and it even has the little Fallout guy. Apparently, there was a game called Rage War. I don't know if this movie was based on it, but oh, it was. I've never I saw heard of that, that in a review for the movie. I gotta look that up now. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's touching through his glasses and everything, and it's pulling up Basically, data. what the actor is doing, he's grabbing the, like, the side and just pushing, and somehow it's making shit happen. Re- Did it actually repair the computer? I'm assuming Paul's supposed to be the god of computers because he has glasses. Right. That I it, thought, it repaired it. Yeah, I thought it just showed him what the issue was because then it just clicks away. Instantly. Like, we're done with this now. We're establishing that he is a computer expert. I would hope that's not the game, because it's like a stick figure game made in 2016. No, and then there's Turok Rage Wars. So, after a uh, uh, long day of computing, he's got it. He's, at the end of the day, 5 o'clock, puts the... Uh, punch card? Punch card. What's that called? Time card? Time card. <laughs> Punches out, and him and his buddy Don... 
John's obviously in sales. This is the Joe Coleman. This is their. This is Griff's relationship with Joe Coleman, right? Where he's just like, "Hey, I'm going to get some pussy right now." Well, I got to go for a run. <laughs> Joe is uh hates cardio. That is true. You can't beat the shit out of people as effectively if you're you know focus on cardio too much. Is that what he says? Yeah. So uh, is it? But it must be a locker room in uh in the whatever. Apple. Right. Again, we've talked about this movie. It, it, even in the real world, real world, it just abruptly cuts away because he was he was on a remote site. Now he's back at his office where his friend Don works. He's coming down and he's just got tiny shorts on. I was like, wait the fuck. Even by eighty four standards, these shorts were fucking tiny. Even, right. Even Jack Bedelaire would think twice about wearing these shorts. That's how short they were. They. He had a ball hanging out of one man's leg and out of the other. The short these shorts were. Are you sure those weren't truck nuts hanging off him? <laughs> That's inspired truck nuts. <laughs> and he's just like, I gotta run. And Don's like, that'll kill you. What the yeah. fuck you running for? Right. Are you kidding me? This is fucking LA. Where are we actually? Do we I'm know? assuming LA. LA? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, you're going to get hit by a car. I might hit you. I'm fucking dead ass tired. I've been working so hard sitting at a computer. My eyeballs hurt. So Paul tries to convince him to go go for a run sometime, but Don's not buying it. We follow Paul out on his run. We're seeing the power of his, his Google lens that he invented, apparently. Yeah. Because he can control traffic lights. With this, he just touches the side, and then it goes green light or red light. This is, uh, man, we do this all too often. This is the inspiration for that game, Sleeping Dog, I believe is what it's called. Never but there, there's some video game where you do actually hack into every single thing around you, including traffic lights. Okay, well, he does a good job of that. Yeah. Cut to Gwen, his girlfriend. She's a dance instructor, aerobics teacher. I don't know. I don't even think she was a teacher. She was just in class, I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right, because yeah. she's, she's auditioning later. Yeah. And so they're just working on the new routine. Paranoia's coming for you. That's good. I, I'm yeah. glad they were dancing a lot. Yeah, well, that gets you up. Gets you hyped. Now we know what happens to Gwen in the future, though. And then they're like, take five. That's an industry term, Griff. What does that mean? It means take five minutes to break. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. So, like, we're done for the day. So, okay, we're establishing. You know, he's got a hot babe. How did this nerd get this hot babe who's yeah. a fucking dancer? Through, through the magic of knowing how movies work, we just saw his girlfriend. We go back to Paul, who's standing in front drooling over some girl right now who apparently is trying to sell him flowers. Yeah, there's a, like, Obviously, a homeless woman just selling flowers on the street corner, which they do in L.A. Right. And he's gone to buy them because he knows Gwen's coming over later. He's got, well, they've been dating, let's say, for four and a half months now. That's about the time to pop the question. Right? That is. So it's a big day. He's not just buying flowers for any old reason. Yeah. He's not just, you know, he didn't fuck up and I, I don't know, like take a shit in a, a, a top deck of her toilet or something because they live in separate apartments. Yeah. He w he's trying to get her ready for the big question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to remember, this is there's there's still some traditional values. This was '80s America, yeah. Reagan America, right? Traditional values. You didn't move in together and not be married. No, he wants to move in with her. So this mean they haven't had sex yet? No, they don't. They just sleep in the same bed. I 
I don't know. She makes an illusion, but actually, I don't know. that does. They might be doing some Christian sex, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> actually, we do know there's a context clue in the in an upcoming scene here, so that might explain a little bit more. But anyways, goes to buy the roses, pulls out the Velcro Magnum PI wallet. Not that isn't a good dad joke there. That was just Velcro, no. everybody. Uh, a, a little moth flew out like a cartoon. Yeah. No money. I, I appreciate that. I don't know how they got the moth in there. That's where all the budget went. That's right. That was a trained moth. Not to wasp. <laughs> moth got all the budget? Uh, wasp got nothing. <laughs> they got to use this footage for a video. <laughs> so he's like, oh, no big deal. Sees the ATM machine, which were relatively new at that time. Right. And, of course, what does he do? Go to the Google lens. Beep, boop, right. beep, boop, beep, yeah. boop, 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 and he breaks into his own checking account and overdrafts $20 from yeah, it. Apparently, he didn't even have his ATM card in his wallet. Right. Maybe the moth ate it. Right. Then, <laughs> maybe. And then he turns to the girl with the flowers and pops a Mentos, and they both smirk at each other. Yeah. Got to stay fresh. Got to stay cool. And then he buys the flowers. Yeah. So Paul's back at home. He's having a, a little fight with Excalibur. Excalibrate, excuse Excalibrate. me. Excalibrate. Yeah. Because he was timing We'll his... call it Cal from here on. Yeah. Cal uh, was timing the run from work to his house. Yeah, which will come into play later on in one of the challenges. We're right. establishing that he can run. He can run. But here's the interesting thing. Do you remember how, how, how much uh, extra time he had this time compared to the last time? I thought it was three minutes this Three time. minutes! What did he do the last time that it's only three minutes over this time when we know he stopped to buy flowers, didn't have them, had a Mentos or two? He stopped at a movie theater that has a sucky fucky and <laughs> nine-year-olds and 13-year-olds. Yeah. And he did not beat the guy up. He actually went in the bench. <laughs> actually, That's probably why he had no money. That's probably why he had no money. Cost good money to get a real sucky fucky. So good. It only takes you three minutes. Pop. <laughs> That's right. So Gwen walks in, she's buying the groceries again. Right. And she's like, hey, can you help me out here? And he's like, how about I help you out by asking you for your hand in marriage? Well, he's got to put all this shit away. So he hides the flowers real quick. He hides a little prototype he was working on. Do we want to reveal that now or is that a later thing to reveal? The new breed cybercast? Not the new breed cybercast. We know the devil made that for him. Oh, what are we talking about? The other prototype. Oh, the Incelsior 5000? Oh, I mean, excuse me, 2000. What the fuck? That started back in this movie? Who do you think invented it? You don't know that... I didn't realize... His name is Paul Tarl. I, I didn't realize Paul Tarl It's his name. It. it says Excalibrate on every single Excelsior 5000. I don't own the Laserdisc because they're too expensive for those uh, 10 to Midnight and uh, uh, Kinchite, of course. In fact, that is the forbidden Laserdisc. They never printed it to Laserdisc as far as I'm Yeah, if you're a real fan and you listen to our Death Wish 3 episode, you would know exactly what we're talking about when we're right. talking about the Incelsior 5000. Right. And we're not going to go into it. Go right. listen if you really want to know this. Or I believe it comes up as well in 10 to Midnight. So do your own research. So he's like, you want to get married? Cal thinks it's a great idea because he is this he's got to run everything through the algorithms through Cal. Every decision in his life, Cal has to get the the give him the okay. Murray's favorite kind of person, all about analytics. Yep. He's got to go on to have a very successful sports career. 
Yeah. Well, not really, because usually people in downlinks don't don't win. You know, we learned the Oakland A's. The one that, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, the Oakland A's and analytics, they didn't win shit. They did not. But people still love, they love numbers. People think, because no, they, they, they think there's like, if there's because much like this movie, there's magic using your gut, Griff. Is there? There's science using your brain. But what what always wins out, what we've learned, your gut thing wins out. <laughs> it's true. Every cop in every movie has taught us their gut is right 1,000% of the time. It's, it's called intuition. It is called intuition. But, of course, Paul and bringing up the numbers, and he's got graphs and charts. While he's talking, he's cleaning out the Excelsior. He's, like, got some spray and shit. Right. Oh, don't worry about that. That's a, that's a mug warmer. Keep my coffee warm. <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive. He's, got, he's big around as a mug. <laughs> So Gwen is like you and that fucking computer. I would literally be, a fucking computer. Right. I would be ready to say yes right now if I didn't feel like I was number two to that computer of yours. Meaning shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. And all the time you're linking up with that computer. They allude to she knows what's going on. That's no mug warmer. <laughs> I know what you've been uploading. Mug cozy. Your data link to your computer, Cal. Oh, so. <laughs> so he makes her a dinner. Right. And, Swordfish, yeah. of course. The most romantic dinner of all. And she's like, wow, that was really great. Of course it was great. Cal gave me the recipe. Oh, Cal. You see, she was just forgetting about Cal yeah. for a minute there, and then he brings Cal back up again. Right. We're proving her point. He's obsessed with his fucking computer. Right. And proving our point that these two probably aren't fucking, because there's a lot of tension here. Oh, there's no, no chemistry at all. There's no chemistry, but there's tension. And I think that <sighs> you just bang that one out, right? So he's like, hey, here's some dessert. Pulls out a box. Got that ring. President? Wasn't a president watch? It was not a president watch, but there was a diamond on it. Okay. And he did not make her swallow it either. He did not. Even though he said it was dessert, so technically he should have. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. Did, did, did Cal pick this ring out? Uh, well, uh, mm, uh, I did want to show you this new program that me and Cal wrote together. It's the proof that our marriage, our love is 1,000% true. He goes over and he puts in the variables. <laughs> Strong-headed woman, beautiful hair, rock star hair. Rock star, it was good. Dancer, dancer, flat ass, yeah, well. and like swordfish. Mary, uh, uh, proposal to Paul. <laughs> That's it. That was this day entry. Dork. And the, and Kale, of course, comes back. I have crunched the numbers. The success of this marriage. Well, is... no, it was it was a woman's voice. Oh, we're not. The he's not, he's of not this in marriage? a gay relationship with a computer. You're right. It could right. not have flown in '84. Right. That now, I'm wondering, was Kale the computer that uh, that weirdo was using in that movie we did with Paul? I don't remember. Oh man, what oh, was that movie Blood called? Moon? Blood Moon. Hot dog guy, Hot dog uh, guy. Justice, wasn't that his name? I think his name was Justice. Yeah. I wonder if Kale He's was definitely his... fucked the computer, that's for sure. Well, He's definitely yeah. bought stock in the Excel. In we need to go back. Thousand. We have not studied that uh, his desk area, and I think we need to go back and study it again. I was mesmerized by the hot dogs. I was mesmerized by the hot dogs, too. 
That's how we knew it was me in a future world. Yeah, I was like, what sicko? He's a plain hot dog. So, of course, Kale's punching out the numbers, the graphs, and everything. There's a little pixel animation of two stick figures fucking. Do it. Lock it down. He is prime real estate. You're right. Because he's he's got these... He invented Google Lens. He invented Google he Lens. He just needs to fucking have uh, Steve Jobs steal his idea from him. And, you know, he's He's fucked. He's fucked. So, uh, you She's know, like, all you care about is the only thing you care about with me is fucking. That's why I'm going to go to bed where I get all of your undivided attention. He doesn't have like a little monitor in there for kale or something. I know how this ends. Demon seed. That's a movie well, for everybody. Yeah. Inordinate amount of demon seed. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they go have some Christian sex, butt stuff, and go to sleep. Yeah. As they're sleeping, we see his Google lenses start green flames start reflecting in the lenses. That's right. magic. I thought maybe what we were going to have here the first time through the movie was Kale turns on Paul because Kale is jealous. Kale is, of course, I didn't realize computers could be gay, but Kale is gay for Gwen. No, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't... Maybe she's gay for pay. I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, Cal is bisexual. Ever thought about that? I just like that she wanted to steal Paul's girl away from him. I didn't see. I didn't see her like getting. I don't. The what, this is your movie. You're making up in your head is because it? nothing. No, Cal is no emotions at all. She oh. doesn't even care about Paul. Oh, okay. Because she's a fucking computer program. They don't have emotions. Oh, so Gwen is really projecting here. Yes. So well, he. Yeah. You get, you see it in Celsius five thousand or two thousand at this time. Yeah, you're getting put two and two together. Put <laughs> two and two thousand together. Yeah, but do the analytics. <laughs> I'm trying to crunch. Do the, the analytics. I'm putting it in my computer. Hell, right now. So Paul has a dream, and he's in like you alluded to his laser tag outfit. Yeah, it's, it's a quilted like he's like wearing a black bodysuit with like this yeah. quilted padding over it. The top is kind of like a vest situation. He's got some silver studs going around it, like a silver studs around the waist, and then the bottom is kind of more like assless chaps or chapless asses, you know, whichever you prefer. But it was kind of chaps, wasn't it? Because it was like exposed in the thighs, but it covered most of the legs. It covered like the front of his legs, yeah. Yeah, did it? I, yeah, I can't remember. This movie uh, very is forgettable. very forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> it was a stupid looking outfit. We're putting it that way. It's like it's like it's this quilted padding. It's not like armor. Yeah, it's laser tag. What are we going for in this movie here? Because Dungeon Master alludes to high fantasy, Lord of the Rings shit, but that's yeah, not what we chainmail something like yeah, that. That is not what we're getting here. We're getting laser tag. We're getting laser tag in the forest. So we've got Paul crawling through, and he's like, oh, my God, these this fucking outfit's so badass. I, I feel so cool in this. Like, I could go running in this, crawling through the Maybe forest. Maybe that's why it's like it's not chain mail, because it, it would get chafed if you're running in it. That might be it. It's yeah. fit him and his running style. Yeah. So he crawls up on a big old waterfall, and there's Gwen emerging out of it, and you can pretty much see through her top. So this is the other sign they definitely aren't having non-Christian sex because he's looking at those titties. Is that true? Can they not see each other naked? Is it kind of like a... I don't know the the mind of someone who's like trying to trick God. Trick God. I don't know. 
Okay. You can't, you can't trick Metamucil or whatever this wizard's name is. Right. Well, he's he's having a seminal reaction here because he's he's seen, going for it. Seeing some nips. And well, there's a lot. I think John DeHart might have done this scene as well. Like a little extra. Like I'll I'll give you another day, because it's tech. It's it's literally metaphorically a wet dream. There's this water pouring down. Wow. And he's going in for it. He's going in for the kill. And then he hits this fucking, like... It's force field. Force field, yeah. And, and then he starts burning up. His skin starts to melt. That's God. But he's so horny, he doesn't still doesn't stop pounding. That's God telling him, your lust for this woman until you lock it down and fucking get it uh, uh, acknowledged in my church is forbidden. That's what's happening here. This is a Christian movie. That's what this is. So, of course, he's going to burn up for wanting, for lusting her. And he wakes up in his apartment, Fog City. And he's like, Gwen? Because Gwen's missing. And then he's zapped to hell. He finds Gwen. She's chained to a rock. And this is where Richard Mull's character, Mestima, the, the demon wizard, appears. And he's got the Dracula fucking cape with the pie collar, and he's got the fucking hair. He's got crazy long nails on. Right, he's a demon. He is a demon. And he zaps some fucking D and D clothes onto Gwen. She's chained to that rock. Oh yeah, she's got like she does have the Renaissance kind of garb on here. Right, and he he puts the fucking quilted nerd outfit on Paul. So did he read his dreams? Yeah. Did, I think he made that dream. Okay. You think he put him... That would make sense, but Paul's had this dream outside of the devil. But not wearing that quilted padded outfit. He wasn't in the first dream? No, he was wearing regular clothes. Oh, okay. So definitely the devil has put him in those clothes because the devil thinks it's hilarious. But not only does he give him his laser tag, he gives him his new breed technocast. I have loaded your computer cal right here into a wristband. Well, he actually, before he does that... He teleports in front of Paul with a sword, and he goes, I dub thee Excalibrates. Yeah. And then he gives him his outfit, and he gives him a new breed cybercast. You don't, you're not familiar with what a new breed cybercast is? Uh, it's weird. Cause I think people think cause we talk about wrestling so much, we're obsessed with it. We rarely watch wrestling. Yeah, at we, this we point. We just listen to a podcast about wrestling. We have friends who are wrestlers. Yes. But we don't really watch it. But occasionally, after we get done recording, we'll watch old 80s Southern wrestling. Years ago, and you can hear it in every episode, it was constant. We would be done, and we'd watch three to four hours of 80s wrestling. Right. So there, there in like, like 86, 87, yeah. there was a tag team called the New Breed. Who are supposed to be from the year like 2020 or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. This is like 1986. Yeah. And so they all have the crazy 80s haircuts. Like one guy had like a reverse mohawk. It was yes. shaved down the middle. Mullet. They had mullets. One guy had like a rat tail. A lot of lines shooting their head. And then one of the wrestlers in real life got his arm broke in a car accident. So he had a cast on it to make it futuristic. <laughs> they just taped like some microchips and shit on a cast. It looked like some of the chips that were in the scene that uh, yeah. Taro was repairing the computer. <laughs> yeah. So it just so that, just imagine that. That's basically, except it's quilted. It's yeah. not like a card cast. It's like yeah. a quilted little arm bracer with just some fucking computer chips on it. Seriously. And a little like calculator readout so we can have like have a uh, uh, Cal talk to him. Oh fuck. Oh we are having 
having issues here. I dropped my glasses. So it's lame. But again, for whatever reason, Paul thinks this is the coolest fucking badass. He's seeing his girl all chained up. He thinks he's in another wet dream. He's like, is the devil going to watch me spunk all over her? What is going to happen here? Well, is that, is that the devil's three way? I don't know. But Mistima, apparently he's impressed with Paul. I don't know why. He's like, I've been searching a thousand years for a worthy opponent, and I have found him now. Excalibrate. You and your magic. You will fight me to the bitter end. Because he, uh, Mastima is intrigued by the idea of magic versus science. Yes. He's going to say, is my magic more powerful than Paul's science? And I have devised seven mind-boggling challenges. Written by incredible writers. And if you lose just one, both of your souls belong to me. Well, I just, you don't understand. I work in IT. I, I, I do nerd jokes about caffeine every day. I, I'm not supposed to be fighting with the devil. I have wet dreams. I'm 38 and I have wet dreams. We have 78 minutes to the challenge. All right. Challenge number one. We are in an, a Wax museum slash ice cave. Yes. We have a wolf man. We have Jack the Ripper. We have a Genghis Khan. I know he's this guy in a samurai outfit. Yeah. But I think he was supposed to be Genghis Khan. And so. we have the evilest man in human history, Albert Einstein, holding like a crystal geoid in his hand. Yeah. Crystals apparently are key to the devil's workshop. Yeah. He's constantly And, uh,. For some reason, in this scene, there's no sound. We get music, we get no sound. Right. And so uh, we both Gwen and uh, Paul are teleported, but they're separated. So they're looking for each other. Right. And they're wandering around. We're seeing all the faces of our greatest killers of all time. And we're seeing, like, they're putting, like, makeup on their face to make it look whiter, like it's getting colder inside. Right. And then we, we do get, like, some kind of... Red flash or something. Red. It's like a heat light. Yeah, yeah. And everyone starts thawing out. So they weren't max wax museums. They're actual real, real Jack the Ripper, the real Albert Einstein. Yeah, frozen somewhere. So Jack the Ripper, of course. What's his mo? He grabs broad. So he grabs uh, Gwen, puts a knife to her throat. Paul comes in. I guess we assume that she screams out and he hears it because he's crawling through a little crevice. Right, a crevasse. Crevasse. And he's going in to save her, but then Samurai Khan comes in. Is this a metaphor for a butthole? Because they have been having nine. No, I think it's a vagina because that's what he craves the most. He can't have. Yeah. Symbolism. Symbolism. Metaphors, if you will. Before he can get to Gwen, a samurai attacks him. That's sex to a T. It's Kinjite. You're not having real sex unless it's a samurai attacks you. It's a forbidden you. subject. That's why the guy's Japanese. Yeah. And he uses Cal, his cybercast, to block the, the sword. We get some nice cartoony, like, laser shit. Yeah. You don't get that much. I mean, I guess Star Wars is keeping still alive, but I miss laser guns. You don't see those that much. In no? This. They didn't use it in like uh what what was it the GI Joe didn't GI no Joe not at all, all no time? in the cartoon yeah but they didn't use it at all in the movies no, they didn't say we got this new weapon it's a no, laser yeah, they, I think I think uh, they're getting a little once again we talk about uh, people uh, when they're making movies they're like. We can't do this. It's silly. Yeah. We're serious. We're making a fucking movie called G.I. Joe. Right. 
And no, we need to bring lasers back. That's what future future is all about. Lasers. Yeah. Laser discs. Laser anybody? Discs. <laughs> uh, you think vinyl made a comeback? Waiting to see the sale numbers on laser discs. Okay, so we're led to believe Paul is a genius. He's going to use his mind in every one of these challenges. No. All he does is shoots a fucking laser from his cybercast and hits people. Yeah. And then we see they're being surrounded. They're, so they're, they're being force funneled toward Einstein. Yes. Einstein holding that crystal. Right. And so I can't believe someone actually took. But do you think this was written or is it like they were on the fly? They're like, I'm going to run a camera and you just do something. It has to be something more like this. I don't understand. Like, seriously, when I saw this, I was like, these people are clearly inspired by Star Trek. And they're trying to think of like ways where their super genius Paul with Google Lens But Star Trek was actually intelligent. I know. Right? I understand that. But that was the goal. And they fell very, very short because this is, every fight felt like a Star Trek this fight. This is Star Drek. Yeah, Star Drek is appropriate for this. Yeah. That's what it should I'm have been qualified called. right for Mad Magazine now. So he grabs the crystal. I'm, is this uh, symbolism for the nuclear bomb? Is this a split atom in Einstein's hand? Could be. He like throws it. Explosion. Everything. You bested me. Damn you, Paul. What? Like, how did he do anything? Right. We literally see a the ice the crystal clash and then <laughs> smoke goes up, fog goes up, and we're back with Mastima. Back in hell, or limbo, as I call it. And uh, he's like, "You have bested me once, but that was beginner's luck." Where's Gwen at? Isn't love grand? And then we're just into the next scenario. scenario. Challenge number two. Scenario two. If you're keeping track, you got five more to go. Hey, you like caves? I like caves. Who you doesn't? Like caves? We're back in a cave. Probably the same fucking set with just different lighting. I, I agree with that. And there's zombie uh, warriors lurking, coming towards Paul. Right. So he's going to use, of course, his athleticism. See? He's dodging, ducking. They get the fucking Q-tip fucking uh, weapons out. Yeah. And he chops the head off of one. We get a nice little cartoony like blast when the head gets chopped off. Yep. He chops the arm off the other one, but they're coming back because they're zombies. So he's like, there's got to be another answer. I'm a super genius. Cal, what's the answer? I don't know. Walk over there. <laughs> so he walks over there. And there is a little God Murray. I've watched all four of these movies. This is a ghoulie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I truly believe this is a ghoulie. It's an awful hand puppet. Yep. Named Rat Spit. Hey, Spit Rat. Yeah, that was a, that was it. It, it pissed them off though. Like, it's Rat Spit. <laughs> Put some honor on that name. Respect on that name. And he's like, "We we are here to test you." And then some more some uh, more ghouls come out. Right. Oh, yeah? What's the test going to be? Zap, zap, zap. Zap, zap, zap. <laughs> He's saying zap as he touches Cal. You guys can't see this, but I'm, I'm repeating Paul's <laughs> movements. He touches. At he least just, we're getting sound on this one. Yeah, exactly. Zap, zap, zap. <laughs> and the ghouls are just like, keep coming at him. And so he looks around. And right on Rat Spit's little fucking little scepter, uh, he has. little scepter he has is a crystal. And he's like, 
crystal was the key to the last puzzle. So wow, two putting different, it all together. Two different writers <laughs> decided the crystal is the key. Yes. Did the other guy go, hey, that was a good idea. I'm going to use it. Yeah. Well, it doesn't end there. There's another crystal yeah, type. The, yeah, it's a, the theme is crystals. The theme is crystals. And so he shoots the uh, rat spits a little crystal scepter, which causes the zombies to disappear. Ah, oh, you got me. I had a real test in stow for you, though. Yeah, what test is that? The realest test of them all. Yourself, death. <laughs> we don't even understand this stuff. <laughs> I don't. So, the, so a zombie version of Paul faces him. And this is the line. Apparently, the guy from Mythbusters uses this line. He goes, I reject your uh, reality and, and substitute and, my own. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sad that I remember that. Yeah. I haven't watched Mythbusters <laughs> in so – it's funny because I was like, where have I heard that line? Mythbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my and, God. And uh, that's it. It, like, blows fucking rat spits <laughs> mind. Like, I can't, I can't do anything with this. Yeah, he does. You win. He yeah. asks him, like, what? Well, what? how did you know? How did you know not to fight it? <laughs> Uh, because that's only one possible future for me. I understand that. I've traveled the multiverse. I, have you even heard of it in Celsius 2000? I've been working on the branding still. Lazy booking, people. Boom, back to hell. Damn you, human. You beat me again. <laughs> so he's like, I couldn't help but notice this high, fine piece of flesh you have here. He starts, you notice he was pawing her with a back of his hand? He was like pawing at her tit with the back of his hand. Yeah, he, he flips it around, but Paul, you know, after he zaps in, Paul's like, I want you to just know to keep your hands off my lady Gwen there. We've only done it Christian style, and I want to do it American style with her. I can only imagine what Fucking that is. American style. Yeah, yeah, fucking American style. He was fucking her Japanese style. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, when I got the ring on it, I'm going to fuck her American style. I, right there at the fucking cathedral that we get married in. Just drop her right there. Uh, keep your dirty hand, damn dirty hands off of her. And he's like, oh, yeah. So he does grab, uh, like, right around her kneecap, which we've seen a movie where someone was really into that, and maybe the devil's into that shit. But then he works up, and like you said, as he gets to uh, about her hip, he flips his hand, so he's rubbing the back of her hand. Rubbing the, no, rubbing her tit with the back of his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's getting up there, goes up her old body, goes across both tits with the back of his hand, and like, hey, is this cool? I, I'm sorry, I'm improving here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll buy you a coffee. So she, her, her answer is she bites his hand. I'll cast you. Right. So then he summons a, a laser dragon like you would. What? What? <laughs> I I was. So, I hit pause. This okay. There's always moments during notes, and you might have these too, where you just have to step away for a minute. I do that many times. Because I this scene popped up, and I was like, pause. What the fuck? Why are there laser dragons now? Not only are there laser dragons, they don't fight. Because he makes his magical laser dragon. Paul goes, bleep, bloop, bloop, bleep. Fucking computer laser fucking hologram dragon. And we're waiting. All right, maybe this is the next challenge. Something's going to happen. There's going to be action. No, they don't fight. Yeah. He just goes, on to your next challenge. I wonder, do you fancy music? All right, this is what we've been waiting for. We open the fucking 
episode with this classic Wasp song, 80s hair metal band. Yes, Griff, this is a real band. This is what they looked like. Blackie Lawless, Chris Holmes, Randy Piper, guy on drums. <laughs> this is their fucking stage setup, too. All right. So okay. he's in a club, and he's walking through all these... Sexy, trashy, fucking 80s whores. Bandanas I've never out seen this many camp. women at a fucking metal show ever in my life. Ever. And he's just going, try, Paul's working his way through. It's what the kids would call vibing. He's trying to vibe with everybody so he doesn't stand out because he's got to get to the front stage. And lead singer, what was Blackie his name? Blackie Lawless. Blackie? Blackie Lawless, yeah. Okay, Blackie. Let me write that down so I can remember for the next 45 minutes while we go over yeah. this scenario. Blackie Lawless, he's stepping away. He's got he's rocking out the bass. Yeah. So he's bass and singer. Yes. Very nice. He goes up. He the uh, uh, I'm pretty sure this probably was their real stage setup because he would do like an Alice Cooper type show. Okay. And he opens up these two doors. Two doors. That was the theme from last week's episode. Oh, you're right. Oh my God. And we see a woman chained up with a, a hood over her face. Yeah, like think a, Da Vinci's man. She's chained up with oh, her yeah. her feet separated, her arms up in the air. And then Blackie rips the hood off. It's Gwen, all hoard up, '80s style, looking yeah. great. Oh my God, glitter all over. Fucking her Paul sees that. He got to get through. He hasn't earned it though. He wasn't there at the beginning of the show. This he is deserved to be the front. This. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. He has not earned it. But this is also playing on his, like, the Mastema is going really deep here because he's playing on his wet dreams because he obviously is thirsting so hard for Gwen here, but he also needs to save her. But he wants to, he's trying to work out a Cake double. and eat it too, can Yeah, there? exactly. He's trying to cake it and eat it too. So he's trying to get her cakes and eat it too. I want to give it up to Blackie. He's really playing up his, he's, Exaggerated motions, hand acting. He pulls out a machete and he starts rubbing it against her thigh, oh like God. just teasing. Like, I'm gonna chop this bitch. You are right. No, he was. Yeah. He was definitely. And that was the cardboardist looking katana or machete I've ever seen. And he's still working it so hard. He's using his leg like it's the fucking blade sharpener deal. Yeah, it was incredible. He did a great job. Points it at fucking Paul. Like I'm gonna cut this bitch. Uh. And then he's like back. He's got the bass back on because Paul gets up on stage. And we know you don't get on stage. No. If you do, you get the fuck off. You're going to get an eye pop. You don't stop and take a picture of yourself, a selfie with your fucking phone. Mm. If you get on stage, you fucking stage dive. That's all you do. So Blackie gives him a little blast from his bass. Yeah. We get that outline, the dire straits, fucking neon outline attack. Falls back into the crowd. And they don't even catch him because they know he didn't earn it. So he, he's like, fuck this. I've had enough of this guy. All of a sudden, Blackie turns into Mistima. He's going to fucking kill Gwen. And so Paul, he's getting up, and he's like, what do I do? I can't think. My brain is limited. I'm only human. Oh, wait. Cal looks this down. This movie is explaining the dangers of AI. We're becoming too reliant. We're letting them make our decisions for us. Right. But it works out in this movie. It does work out in this movie. Kale's readout, high frequency. Just use it. <laughs> At least he's not shooting a laser. <laughs> That's a good point. This is the one guy who was like, you know what? We're not just going to shoot a laser. Brilliant, Griff. Why? Because Blackie Lawless is a bass player. He likes the low end. He's getting hit with some wicked trouble. 
It's like, and he can't take it. And he just, he fucking explodes. Right. And then he hits the other band members. They explode. Everybody's exploding. And then, boom, we're back in limbo, hell, wherever you want to call it. Back in hell. And Mistimo is pissed off. Paul, he's he's pissed off, too. I've had enough, mister. I've had three challenges. These games are getting silly. Let me marry my girlfriend so I can have Christian sex with her. So Real he, sex with her. He shoots a laser at Mistima. He blocks it because he's got his fucking barrier, his soul barrier. And he's made like, of a thousand souls. Yeah, you'll never be able to penetrate this barrier. It's made of ten thousand souls. So zap. Paul gets next for challenge number four. I guess we did have to build up a little bit of this, you know, hub for all the movie to, you know, spoke out of. Got to put some context around it because we got to come back here for the final fight. I think it's just so we know the challenge is over with. Because every challenge, I'm like, what? Oh, it's over what? now? What? what? Okay, I guess. But, I mean, ultimately, it does have to beat Mistima. So we have to build up Mistima. I was a assuming bit. he would be the seventh challenge. He's not. Yeah. So he sends him to challenge number four. No sound again for some reason. We're in a forest. Paul. Is like sleeping. He's getting. He's like, I, I need my fucking forty wanks. <laughs> then the most repulsive creatures ever in this movie. Some kind of fantasy monster, right? Yeah, I guess we call them little people here. They're like cave little people, and because they're wearing fur pelts, they were. And I think one of them was the one from Ghoulies. One of the Ghoulie ones. I I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just ugh, just waddling and shit. And, <laughs> It was making me nauseous. This is where I had to walk away. <laughs> Too bad they don't know how to walk. But they're like, and like you'd expect from a little person, they had sticky fingers. Yeah. So they steal the fucking new breed ex cybercast. They're big wrestling fans. Right. They and they take, they waddle away because they can't run because they're little people. So Cal happens, or Cal, uh, Paul happens to wake up and see that they're running off with it. So he chases them. And we just happen on a large statue in the middle of nothing. And he sees the little guys running beyond the statue. Well, and yeah. He's got a cross in front of the statue. And as he crosses in front, there's a little an altar. dish, an altar. Yeah. And there's his uh Because an offering from the little people to the big person. Yeah. And as Cal takes that, takes we, uh, Cal, Paul takes, takes Cal. Cal back, that pisses off the fucking statue. So it comes to life. I like. I mean, I miss this. I like stop motion. Animation. Stop motion is cool. Yeah. So this is a little, this is pretty cool. And he wakens up, and it's got a, 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 a gem in his forehead. We can shoot lasers because right. this movie is just about lasers. Right. This this is uh, the one bad guy from Mega Man I can never beat it as ki- beat as a kid, and I learned later his name's the Yellow Demon. Okay, we'll call him the Yellow Demon for this. Yep. So he slowly chases Paul. They're going back oh, and forth. Yellow Devil, excuse me. Back and forth with lasers. Paul's like hiding behind a rock. He can't. He's, he can't do anything. It's just not. And then he's like, "What's that big old brain of mine going to think of?" Right. I'll shoot that gem in his forehead. Did he think of that, or did Kale think of it? Kale, I need an idea. <laughs> Make it sound like it's my own idea. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of mentally checked out at this point. It's very easy to guys. We're at the twenty minute mark, and we've already mentally checked out. <laughs> Hits the jewel, boom. Another challenge taken care of. Back 
in hell. Have we? Okay, we're halfway through our challenges. Has uh, there been one intriguing challenge yet? I don't even know if technically you can call them challenges. <laughs> I don't think so. He's barely had. He never uses brain. What he's just no. shooting lasers. Right. He just shoots some lasers. At one point later, he even tells. Uh, Cal- I was waiting for because you said it's very Star Trek reminiscent. Of him creating a bazooka like Captain Kirk did, who used his brain, yeah, using the environment around him, and then shooting the fucking thing. Right. No, there's never like, oh shit, I can't do X because of Y, and therefore I have to do Z. It's just, let me just go hide behind that rock and shoot a laser <laughs> at him. That's what it is every time. Yeah. All well, right. what you just said. He's dressed in a laser tag outfit. All he knows is lasers. <laughs> so it makes sense that he's playing yeah. laser tag with monsters. All right, back in limbo. So Mastima's getting, he's sweating a little. He's like, this guy's good. Right, he's halfway I gave, through. I, the best I could come up with. Yeah. And he's just, he's just shooting him with lasers. <laughs> My creativity is at its limits. How about this? Let me, uh, how about this, Paul? I'll let you go, but you let me have this tasty little morsel. Never. Well, maybe some gold bracers will convince you. And there's a little treasure chest. This is the closest it gets to D&D. There's he, a treasure chest full of the blue. Not shit. only that, he said, how about an Encelsia 6,000? Uh, no, I'll earn that one. How about three new girlfriends? And then we get some hoes, and they're all... I, they should have been naked. I don't know why they weren't naked. Yeah, exactly. But we they're all... Full bush. Yeah, they're all circling him like sharks. We get the cut of Gwen, who's like, Paul, you better not. I swear <laughs> to God, there's no more Christian backdoor for you if you fucking touch one of them. And then he's like, no, I won't gamble. He's, he put a lot of time in this chick. So he's like, I got to see it through. Right. Well, you saw that he started to fog up. Right. So Gwen was projecting her fog through him. So f- Gwen is finally coming around. Like he really, he doesn't want to fuck a computer. He wants to fuck me. Right. He's doing all of this. He's fighting the devil. So for is me. he the devil, or is he? A, the readout did or say, is he a, a couples counselor? Because it seems like he's bringing these two together. Wait, is this a Scientology movie? Because they they decided that psychologists and therapists are in fact evil magicians. Yeah. The devil. Well, so this might we might have this all wrong. It's not a Christian movie. It's a Scientology movie. Yeah, it makes sense. So Paul's like, no, I will not. So that was a John DeHart read right there. No, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> so so what do you know? Paul zapped into challenge number five. <laughs> if you thought anything interesting were about to happen. This one had the I was this one had the most story to this. Like, oh. there actually was a beginning, middle, and end? Yeah. No, this is the one I said. Yeah. I, I thought this was kind of the best <laughs> one. Yeah. It started out, uh, we're in an alley, and I was like, oh, my God. This is fucking, uh, um, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I forgot the name of the movie. Okay. We did it with Stuart. Z- Zarka? The second... No. It was, it was a dry alley. It was a dry alley. It was Stuart. Uh, it's got that Christopher Lambert in it. <sighs> Highlander? Highlander 2. It started, out in that, it started out in that alley, or maybe that was 3 that started out in the alley. But, yeah, I was getting vibes of that. So we're in an alley. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was waiting for Batman's family to get killed. but yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. But, yeah, it's like, like every alley in every movie strewn with garbage and homeless people. Yes, and dead people. 
Yeah, because he notices a dead body. And he's like, Gwen! Rolls her over. Oh, it ain't her. Well, there's a newspaper next to him saying that they found a, you know, a dead person, and it was Gwen. And so he's freaking out. And then there's a dead person next to him, next to the person shooting up heroin. And he's like, oh, my God, Bidenomics has fucked another person. So he's got to rush over. But then the police show. It's well, a- no. First, Mistima, like narrates in his head. Oh, And he's you. like. No, it's not Gwen, but it will be her tomorrow. Right. You have one hour to save her. Apparently, that newspaper's from next future. The yeah. Future. And so, yeah, Gwen. Gwen is not the dead body, but like I was saying, the police did show up. Well, he goes. He's like once again, Cal, please help. So he hacks into the police files, and then the police show up. Right. You know what? You're giving Paulo too much credit here by saying he hacks into the police. Well, yeah. No, Cal, no. please hack into the police files for me. <laughs> Load up Celery Man. Cops show up. We know they're cops. They got mustaches. Well, one has. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? If we were to do a reenactment, it would be the jelly donut scene by the cops. That scene. <laughs> was obscene? That whole scene in the car. It had to be ad-libbing, right? Because it was the yes. worst banter. It was awful. Of all time. It was so bad. Yeah. So they go, hey there, Phil. What you doing there with that dead body there? Looks like you're a killer. You're under arrest. Yeah. They arrest her. They don't call in the body. No. They're just like, we're taking hauling you in. No. You actually see them go into the cop car. They they load Paul up into it. We got you. Dead to rights. You fucking clearly murdered this woman. We know that there's no blood on your hands, but that's okay. We We know you did it. Get him in the car. They call it in. No mention of the dead woman in the alley. Because that's just what yeah. we did with alleys back in the day. Yeah, that was you just back, let the street sweepers pick them up. That was back when America worked. We just threw dead bodies in the alley. Quick cut of a, a guy. We're assuming this is a killer because he's cutting out clippings of all the killings he's done. He's got, like, ransom note, like, clippings and shit on the wall. We see that he's got a little curly mullet that he has. Yeah. He's got boots on with little heels. Not quite DeSantis heels. These are like real boots, you know, ass kicker boots. You're stilts. (laughs) I I finally got to see DeSantis walk because I was like, I don't know everybody. (laughs) Then I saw him walk in those things. (laughs) He's a little person. (laughs) I didn't think it was that little where he's got to wear fucking lifting. Well, you know, the rule is you can't. No one under six feet tall can be president. Just like Chippendale dancers. But, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So he gets, they handcuff him, put him in the back seat, and they're doing some horrible banter. Like, this is, there's no way, I hope no one wrote this fucking shit. Because oh, yeah. It, it makes no sense. So they're bickering back and Guy's forth. Guy's like, what is this? <laughs> he's got jelly all on his fucking face, bitten with donut. I, what is this? He's like, it's a jelly donut. There's jelly all over your fucking face. You just bit into it. <laughs> It's so bad that he's got jelly all over his face. He's like, I told you to get me a plain donut. I didn't ask for a jelly donut. I wanted any plain donut. So how did he not understand when he's biting into a dense donut without a hole he in it? He bit into it and didn't know what it was. He's like, no. what is this? And it's like, you know, the guy tell him. He's eating. He ate half the donut. He's like, what am I eating? It's half on his face, half in his gullet. And he, what is this? And then he's like, I hate jelly donuts. And then he finishes it. Didn't you know I hate jelly donuts? While that's going on, Paul is like, you, like, you got to mention that he drives by and he spots uh, Gwen. 
Oh, okay. And she's got a little newspaper ad. Apparently, she's going to... Dance she, audition. Dance yeah. audition. She's six feet tall, so she can get into Chip. Oh, my God. Especially when she's wearing heels. Paul is like sees that, so he's like, oh, my God. I only have an hour. Right. And this banter is taking forever. Ever. It's like an intro to one of our episodes. It's like <laughs> on and on. So, Paul just starts coughing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fiddling around with his cuffs. And they're Kill. like, hey... Cal doing that thing, lasers, <laughs> lasers, and then little tiny little mic, like laser lasers, fine tuned lasers. <laughs> he accidentally jiggles. They had oh, a they, pothole. Yeah, they hit a pothole. Oh, because he shits himself, hits himself with the They're laser. They're like, hey, it's just a jelly donut. Calm down. You're not eating it. <laughs> and then he's that like, that was a great ad lib. And then all of a sudden, click, the lasers like pick the locks because yes. they just open up. And we also, we know that Kale can change. Traffic lights, so he could change a light to a red light. Stop, and he does have to use it to. You need the Google lenses for that. Oh, have the Google lens. You know what? You're right. He did use the Google lens, but you would think because Google lens was an extension of Kale. Kale is on his wrist now. Maybe Mastima knew that, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that away from him. Take that away from him because he does demonstrate that trick every day when he runs home." All right, and so. Now he's got to open the police doors because we know that he's not going to be able to unlock the door from the back. Well, there's no handles on the inside of the back. Right. So he's got to he's got to figure out a way to pop the locks. I wonder what he's going to do. Oh, I wonder. There's only two options. Yeah. Gail, can you please? That's one of them. And shooting lasers is the other one. <laughs> he already, already shot the lasers to get the handcuffs off. So the guy writing this thing's like, oh, I don't want to make it too hacky. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Too hacky. He's uh, hacking and everything. So, yeah, somehow Hal hacks the fucking, like, there's no computer in a fucking 1980s cop car, but still opens the door. That's right. And he goes, bloop, just rolls out. Yeah. It would work perfectly for a movie today, not so much back in the day. We uh, do get a quick cut there somewhere in between Paul getting out of our killer again, and he's going under his mattress. He's already got all the evidence and everything. Of his murders laid out all over his apartment, but he still hides his blades under his mattress just in case. <laughs> just in case. He's got bloody gloves, bloody blades. I was waiting for him to open up and there would be some heroin. He was gonna, he had like the fucking Fumiko box. Yes, it was the no. Fumiko. I saw that no. nylon fucking light up, mall ninja shit. Yeah. You know, he had a kimono on. <laughs> he was. He had the rope to tie his legs. <laughs> we're like, oh my god, he's gonna do it. The uh, killer's gonna kill himself. He's the ultimate murder, killing yourself. Right. But no, he just has the little thing with scalpels. Yeah. That's his his slasher. Apparently that's his thing, yeah. Alright, Paul's free. Paul's free. Uh Cal finishes up with his analysis of where the next killing will happen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How? Like, I mean, this is like once again we're becoming too reliant on AI. Right. We're assuming predict the future, right? And it does it. It clearly broke into the police databanks and it figured out they actually went back, which is in like 80- which is floppy disks and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They went back in '84, and this wasn't just on paper. They entered it into the database where all the murders happened, so that Kale could go you in triangulate, tri- triangulate. Because it was, it was like, it was like uh, from hell. It was like a pentagram, and he's the last one. I've never done from hell. I hear it's a slog. 
you know, I haven't, I haven't, I, haven't, I saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not that into Jack the Ripper that I want to listen to gotcha. or read that much. So while that's going on, uh, the uh, Gwen shows up at the dance studio, and I guess she nailed it. Right. So she's getting ready to leave, and she bumps into a friendly man, very friendly. And you know, they just, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, Paul is. We want to point out Paul is hiding in a cardboard box fort he made. Like he's in an alley hiding in a cardboard, and then the cops can't see him. Yeah. And they're like inspiration and they, to Metal Gear Solid. They do spot him, and he goes, "Kel." And then we get thing over the radio. Suspect was seen at so and so alley, and then he takes off. Dude, I didn't even catch this, but again, this is the scenario that actually has some meat on the bone. It's not just garbage completely. There is a little <laughs> bit to it. There's a it's, story. It's bad, uh-huh. but there's something here. There's a story, and there's sound. So and I'm, there's I'm okay. Sound. So this is where we type type we we go in back to the the uh, running thing. He has to run. He's like it's like one point four miles right to and, where the studio. And is. of course, Cal knew exactly where the next murder was going to be. Well, knew three options. So you know what, Paul did have to interpret this and use some gut feeling here, because Cal told him there's one of three possibilities, and one of the possibilities was a dance studio. Oh. And he's like, well. He had to do a 33% multiple choice answer, and he got the right one. I thought he did rock, paper, scissors with Cal. Right. He didn't know his girlfriend well enough to know she would be at a dance studio. And so he starts running and running, and then runs into some dancers coming out. Right. Tells him to call the police. Right. There's going to be a murder. There's about to be a murder. <laughs> that doesn't sound suspicious at all. None of them None of them reacts in any kind of way, but apparently one of them does go to the payphone and call the call leaps. Police. Kaleeps. Kaleeps. So he's in there. He's like, Gwen. She's up like some like loft area. He. So there's like a mirror because it's a dance studio. So there's a mirror. He. This, I guess this is the way to spice up a fucking because everything ends with him shooting a laser. This time he ricochets the laser off the mirror and then hits like the scalpel out of the guy's hand. It feels like all the writers for these scenarios were not in the same room at any point. So a lot of their ideas overlap because it's just like they they weren't there to coordinate. Like, what's your story going to be? Oh, you're going to shoot him with the laser? Shit, I probably shouldn't. So Gwen runs to him. You're not going to believe it. I totally nailed it. I got the audition. So he's like, oh, that's great. Zap back to hell. Killer gets up. The cops run in. They arrest him. For what? I don't know. Well, you're missing the best part here because the killer gets up. He's just about to start slashing the two when they get zapped out. They disappear on him, and he keeps slashing where they were. And that's how the cops find him, just slashing thin air. Don't Do you remember that at all? No, it was bad. At least the guy, the slasher's eyes were like, (gasps) (laughs) put one hand to his face and all. (laughs) All right, we're back in hell with Mastima. Oh, my God. Paul's figured out Mastima. He's like, I'm not even worried about this guy. All I need to do is shoot lasers and shit. (laughs) I know. Every one of his traps has been bullshit. So he's like, oh, really? You figured it out? Well, how about this? Let me summon a demon. And then we just get like a face of like a demon in flames. Yeah. And then Paul goes, hmm, 
beep, shoots a fucking laser, and it fucking beats the demon. Again, this is the worst. Oh, my God. And so, of course... Damn you, you bested me again. You will not beat challenge number six. Boom. Challenge number six. <laughs> Paul... Get, get, get this. We're in a cave. <laughs> Was he in a cave or was he just on the outside? He of was cave? outside of a cave. Yeah. He heard Gwen. He hears Gwen inside the cave. Yes. So he's like, I got to get in there. Fog everywhere. Again, cave, symbolism, vagina. He's fog. Been, fog. He's been waiting to get in that puss. So he's like, he's intoxicated with the aroma of that fog, that stank. And this was like, the, this was I the, think this is what happened. I might be wrong, but there's a demon lurking. Yes. Paul is trying to shoot the demon. It's like a video game. He's trying to shoot the demon. I thought Kale was broken because he's throwing rocks, wasn't he? Yeah, you're right. He's throwing rocks. This was the challenge where he's the demon was throwing crystals that would make ricochet lasers go off. Okay. I did not gather that. Yeah. I just thought we were watching Laser Floyd. Yeah, it was, no, it was coming from the demon. Okay. But he was, like, throwing, like, a crystal, and then all of a sudden lasers would start ricocheting down through the cave. Right. And so demon's got the high ground. Yeah. And we can hear Gwen calling from wherever she is. And so Kale is motivated. He's like, well, I'm sorry you're not with me, bud, but I'm doing this one on my own. I got to rescue Gwen. So we see that he is altruistic. He really wants to get that badge. He wants yeah. that sweet, fleshy, organic badge. He doesn't want Incels here 2,000, 5,000, right. whatever. Because you have to clean it out. You got to clean it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't understand what happened. Well, Kale rebooted. Okay, so he shot. I thought the the demon no, like Kale put together the projections of where okay. to throw the rock, which okay. was a stalag uh, stalagmite. No, stalactite. Yeah, stalactite. Stalactite. Stalactites yeah. hang tight to the ceiling. Yeah. Stalagmites might make it to the ceiling. That's what they taught me in Cape School. Okay. So, right. all right. So he hits the stalactite. It falls on the demon. Pinning the demon down. Right. But is it a demon? Wait, it wasn't a demon? No. Well, it, it technically is a demon. It was a fallen angel. Oh. Because it turns into an angel. So obviously, uh, this is one of uh, Lucifer's fallen angels who you know, became a demon. Oh. But now, somehow from having a near-death experience, it made her be an angel again? Yeah. I d- see, I'm so confused. I thought she was still trapped. He killed the demon that was holding her. No, the her. demon became the angel. Okay. It clearly showed that. Okay. So... The way of lasers. And, uh... <laughs> this is so... Fun. She's like, all you had to do was go the other way, Paul. And but you'd in- have won. Instead, you chose to go out of your way... To rescue me, even though he thought Gwen was down there, and that's what he was trying to rescue. So he could have won? Anyways. I don't know what the fucking happening in this scenario. But he, he asked, because it's a babe, and he's like, well, maybe if things don't work out with Gwen, I can hook up with this chick. She's pretty hot. She's yeah, but hair. all the good shit was crushed. Was it? Yeah, she was buried in stalactites. Well, she just snapped her fingers and turned to lasers, so yeah, maybe she disappeared. She la- well, she died. She was sending it back to heaven. Oh, she did? I don't fucking know. Back to hell. Paul is at back to hell, and we get a nice little story. This was also cut out of the PG-13, the story that Mistima tells about a cat. Oh. He's like, I remember. Like, there are cats in hell? I didn't know that. She's like, 
when I was a young boy, I found a cat, and I covered it with cool tar, and I set it aflame. And it was so joyful watching it struggle and writhe around. And I guess he's just showing what a bad, he's basically a serial killer. He's like showing what a badass he is. Right. Sick. It's padding time. I don't right. know. I, yeah, really. This I didn't give put, Richard Mall something to do. I'm glad you remembered this because I didn't put anything in here for it because I was just like, why are we? We're, we're padding this out. There, he's doing this, this own monologue here. It's getting nowhere. And as Paul is starting to say, uh, can we get on with this? I think I have one more challenge left before I get to take my my soon to be wife home and slay that puss. That's the final challenge. To sex. To slay the puss. Oh boy. There's much there's more to slaying a puss than just sex. Alright, prepare for the end, mortal. Oh, this and it's like this is the best they could come up with. Ah. Uh, this is it. Well, first of all, the ending is even more is awfuler than what I'm gonna we're gonna talk about now. Because we're now we're like I thought we were we're in Con Air now. Yeah. We're in that fucking airplane graveyard. Yes, we are. Steve Buscemi was there with the tiny girls having a tea party. So they're like, look, okay, I understand we're doing a Conan ripoff, fan- fantasy ripoff, but there's also a lot of Road Warrior ripoffs going on at this time. So let's rip off Road Warrior, too. Yeah. So we get these kind of Road Warrior-esque cars. Kale alerts them. Which apparently Host- were also the cars used in the movie Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. Interesting. Uh, Kale does alert them. There's Hostile nearby. Oh, yeah, the army's coming. The army's also hostile. So So two cars come up, a little clown car and a normal-sized car. (laughs) Clown car is appropriate. Uh, A little person, the one that played Cousin It from the Adams Family, that midget was in this scene. So he comes out. Unfortunately, he's covered up. I can't see him, so I could kind of, like, I I could sit through this scene. And then we just get some random, like, nomad, like, sand people-looking motherfuckers. Yeah. So, Kel and Gwen are, you know... This is what we're working with, people. I'm doing, sorry. You know what? They're doing some great banter between Kel and Gwen before they show up, where Kel's telling her, wow, I like your outfit. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mesmata, or whatever his name is, fashioned it for me. It's incredible. This movie, just really killing it on characters and everything. So, they're thrown to the ground. Forced by lasers. Uh, the little sand... Sand guy, yeah, the sandworms. I told you, I told you, these fucking little people get sticky fingers. They want to steal shit. That's why you can't trust them, because he goes in for the cow. Yeah, steals it. He steals it. Wait, does he no? Steal I thought it? no. I think Cal no, because Cal, uh, Paul uses it to get out yeah. of the situation. Paul starts. He, ven- he does his ventriloquist act, and he starts talking through his teeth. Hey. Measure out. He's never had to do this throughout this the is, whole movie. This is his most brilliant plan yet. Cal, can you shoot these people for me? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He can't just outward say, shoot these people with lasers for me like he normally does. He has to say, Cal, prepare for... And then he does trajectory measurements somehow. Yeah, 45 degree northwest, yeah. north south. And then it just goes off <laughs> and, and kills everybody. Shoots the tall people. Yeah. The midget leaps in his little clown car, takes off. They jump in the sand people car. I guess we're going to the Vegas Hilton because they don't know where they're fucking going. They're just driving. I know. And they just keep dropping that Vegas Hilton line. They use that joke four times. 
So then a car comes up alongside them, shooting at them. The midget car comes up. Gwen, the most heroic of all, she's like, I have to kill that midget. So she just grabs a fucking laser gun, starts shooting at the, the clown car, blows it up. I love that the vehicles would get hit by the lasers and no damage whatsoever until the one time it is hit by a laser, the clown car, and does blow up. And they, so they get rid of their followers, and then they see a car coming towards them, and Paul's like, I, I can't control I've lost control. Uh, yeah, I didn't know what that was all about. Apparently, Mistima's fucking, Mistima's with, them. fucking with them. So we get this shot of the two cars crashing into each other and just going into flame. <laughs> And then we cut away. We're back into hell. The game is over. Yes, people, those were the seven challenges that seven different writer-directors did. I would dare any we, of and you. We somehow, we made it sound better than it was. That's yeah. how bad this was. And were. I dare anybody to remember one of them. Even the one we just did. Try to remember. The only thing you're going to be able to say is, I don't know if we should use the M word, but that's about it. <laughs> the M word. So Paul <laughs> is like... You, this game is rigged, rigged. This game is rigged. <laughs> He's like, you, you know, you everything's in your favor. Why don't you be a fucking nut up and fucking fight me man to man? I'll take off fucking my fucking new breed cybercast, and you take off your magic. Yeah, and they start <laughs> talking about zapping, and they start throwing the word zap around. Gwen and uh, and Cal do, or not Cal, Gwen and Paul do, and so Miss. Uh, Mastimo is like, whoa, 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 whoa! What is this word zap? What is that? What does that fucking mean? What are you doing? He's like, oh, it's just, it's just a super secret word that we use amongst humans. You no, wouldn't know. No, I love when Mastimo goes, "What's the trick?" Yeah, because it's like he hasn't used any trick for throughout the whole movie. He has literally whispered into the computer that. Mistima was <laughs> sought for a thousand years to fight, and is getting his ass handed to him. This whole well, his challenges night. were pretty fucking weak. So, I mean, I think, I think we could have fucking beat his challenges. I think over the last out a fucking laser. Yeah, no, gun. you didn't need a laser. The only one you might have is that giant statue. I would just throw a rock and hit it. But Slingshot. did you have to slay the statue to clear the mission? Yes, apparently. I don't know. Could you just kill the little little guys? Would that have won the mission too? <laughs> like, it, the conditions? <laughs> I don't know what the challenges were. <laughs> yeah, the That's how stupid this movie is. Like, they should have had a voiceover for each of them to say, here's the clear condition. It's like a video game. This right. is the level. This is how you beat it. This is right. the boss. And they didn't even do that good. They, they did not help us understand what his goal was going to be. All right, so fucking Mistima's is acting like he's like, you know, reluctant. And then he sucker punches Paul and attacks him. Right. Sorry, but we're yawning. This is sorry. Fuck. And this, it gets worse. This isn't even a good final fight. It's literally just them rolling around. Richard Maul, twice the size of this motherfucker. <laughs> Somehow Paul gets the upper hand. First he's getting thrashed. And then he gets the upper hand. So they're hanging over a lava pit. They're on a cliffside with lava bubbling. Right. The steam was like, oh, I can't do anything. Remember, they both swore off their own magic. They're just yes. fisticuffsing here. But Miss uh, Mastima never trust the devil. Exactly realizes he's he's bested, so, so he like, uses a little bit of his he's magic. Like mecha like a high, mecha honey ho, and then I'll, then what does it do? Is it sh it like disrupts some rocks? So the idea apparently is supposed to be the cliffside they're hanging over over lava okay. is going to collapse with both of them, 
And so whole, you know, he lost, but it's a stalemate because he won. This fucking movie. Because the steamer just goes, ah, and falls. And then he's like, Cal, help me again. And then it shoots a laser he can grab. Like it shoots a laser over his head. And he grabs it and just literally just pulls himself off from his knees to his did feet. You, did you understand what that metaphor was? It shot a laser rod for him to grab onto like pretty soon. Gwen's gonna be grabbing onto his rod. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if- I, I understand that you're blown away by that meta, you know, whatever the fuck that symbolism was, but god damn this movie. So they're shot back to reality and they won. And Gwen, she's like, you know what? Cal's not so bad after all. I think I will marry you. Well, we talked it over while you were fighting the devil all throughout <laughs> those challenges. And you know what? I do like Cal. So now he's got to be worried because I think Kale's moving in. I, I think what I said at the beginning was true. I think Kale's more interested in Gwen. All right, that's it. I'm sorry, people. That's it. It just ends right there. Yeah, if you, if you wanted some climax, if you wanted any of that, no. This is a Christian movie. There's no climaxing. We don't get that until after marriage. And, uh, well, fuck, Christ, after, after you know the one good thing about this movie? You didn't get a three-hour episode from it. No, you didn't. So you know. get a break. You got you got a break. Get you prepared. What do you know? We're building up. Well, first off, we're going to talk about uh, probably within hours. Let me let me check vamp for me for a little riff. I have vamp to, for I have you? to check our poll for so, our big Thanksgiving episode. Now I got these new windows and it's too bright in my house, so I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to go the hobo route and just put newspapers up to cover and block out some of the light. I think that's the appropriate thing to do because when you get too All right, much- you can shut up about that because I have the results. We still have mere hours. As of Saturday, we're recording this. We have about six or seven hours so, until this. Oh, we have four hours, 43 minutes until the polls close for our big episode. We gave the th- four choices we gave you were Rocky 3, Rambo 3, Cliffhanger, and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. It's very close. Very close. But so far right now with 70 votes. Stop or my mom will shoot is winning. But whoa, hey, Griff, I'm noticing some irregularities here. I I think we need to get Cyber Ninja on the case because we we don't want we want a fair election, a fair vote. Yeah. Because I just don't trust this. I don't it's, trust it. Stop or my, I can't I can't believe our listeners are that tasteless. They would they would look over Rocky Three for Stop or my yeah. mom will shoot. I'm gonna go ahead. You know, you said you're going to go to Cyber Ninja, Murray. I'm going to take this straight to Excalibrate. Excalibrate? Excalibrate, I'm taking this straight to Excalibrate because she'll punch the numbers. Yeah, because I just, I'm sorry. I just, something about my gut tells me these aren't the right numbers and we, there's no way we, people are going to really want us to do stuff or my mom will shoot. We've known about rigged voting for the longest time now. This is clearly rigged Rigged. voting. So we'll have, we'll have Excalibrate look into that. And then we'll have next week. We'll announce what our big uh, Thanksgiving episode is, and and we haven't locked it down yet. But there might be a very popular guest joining us for that episode. Right, he's gonna love the windows. He ain't gonna love stopping my mom will shoot. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so okay, that's two weeks from now. This week, I just you know what? There's it's a very. I think most people aren't even going to know this movie. It's just an early 90s dumb fucking action movie that I found. 
It's got Branscombe Richmond in it, though. Oh, well, that's that's a winner. If anybody is up to our snuff, they know if it's Branscombe, it's worth watching. And Branscombe is looking really great. The fucking Indian jewelry, the mullet, it's all there. It's a little movie. And also, I'll point out the hero of the movie. Because this is a for, first for a long time in November, the Lions are still in playoff contention. Oh, my God. They're right there. So the hero of this movie is a quarterback. Okay. He lives in Beverly Hills. And there's a heist where they're going to rob the entire city of Beverly Hills. Man, I the, like the sound of this. The, you know, I'm realizing we didn't get to talk about a lot of things that were happening before, but I really would have liked it if Branscombe were, were in that new Scorsese movie. He, he can do it, yeah. Killer he was not, he, yeah. Clever of the Flower Moon. He was not even an extra in there. He would have fit in so well. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, he can fit into anything. He can fit. He's uh, a man of all cultures, of all right. creeds, of all colors. Exactly. I'm sorry. But anyway, we're talking about the taking of Beverly Hills. Taking of Beverly Hills. If you can find it, look for it. It's a, it's 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 a dumb can, fun movie. Have we found it? I have a copy of it. Oh, okay. I don't know if you do. I don't think so. But look into that nice ninety-minute movie. That's what I'm looking for. Because we're gonna be. I mean, we got fucking Joe Coleman on. We go for fucking three hours. So we need some nice like. Fucking ninety-minute episodes before. <laughs> I like that it was, you were tr- teasing it before. They know it who is. it is. Yeah. They know who it is. Okay. Wherever we talk about fucking oiled-up muscles, Joe Coleman is like if peanut butter and jelly. If you need Kale to put that together, you need help. I'm not, I just didn't want to put it out there because he's a very busy man. He is incredibly busy, and he might have like a wrestling gig happening that that's, weekend. That's right. So, so. so for, for now, he's in. Yeah. But I'm, I, like you said, he's a busy guy. He is. Incredible. And if he gets stopped, remind mom will shoot. I think something will suddenly come up and he can't show up. Yeah, my so mom maybe shot me. maybe you should have voted. Yeah, maybe for something better. But that's that's two weeks from now. Next week, legitimately taking, voted. Legitimately voted. The taking of Beverly Hills will definitely be your next week. Keep it warm. <laughs>